Moments earlier he had thrown the saddle to the floor. He looked at the orderly. Sweat stains marked his armpits. His hair spiked at the crown of his head from an army barber's shears. There was no doubt in Belmont's mind that the rank and file, with their lack of ambition or desire to improve their lot in life, were worth little more than peasant labor. Not good enough. Clean it. Again he said without looking at the wretched private soldier. For the third time that night the man bent and lugged the captain's saddle away to be cleaned to a higher standard than previously offered, though he did not know what more he could do. There was no doubt in his mind that officers like Belmont were belligerent simply to exert their status. God willing, a duchy's bullet or a British one would soon bring such arrogance to an end." Belmont took another pull on the flask. The room's confinement weighed heavily on him. Cavalrymen were not like other soldiers. There was an innate elan that gave men like Belmont dash and daring. And he admitted to himself even his common troopers had it. Many of his men had signed on again after their term of service had ended, signed on to ride down the enemy and use carbine and sabre to inflict terror upon them. He had taken a cold supper in his quarters, but the food remained barely touched. He had no stomach for garrison duties. He was hungry for war. Benjamin Pierce had never lost the breadth of his chest and shoulders. He had been born nine years after the American ship USS Creole had been taken over by slaves carrying them from Virginia to Louisiana. Those slaves sailed the ship to the British port of Nassau and became free. He'd been told that story when he was a child, and the thirst for deliverance from the cotton plantation where he was born had guided him like the star that navigated that ship to freedom. As a boy, he had worked lifting bales of cotton and sacks of corn, and by the time he was fourteen— He was a tall, strapping youth, nearly six feet tall, with a conditioned strength greater than many older men. His escape from slavery came months before the Civil War ended, when the embittered plantation owner's wife sent him to work at a Bible-thumping mission school, where the missionary teachers saw to it that the quiet boy's energy was channeled into reading and writing and learning scripture. Falling in love with the preacher's young daughter— and the whipping it earned was a biting reminder of the slave owner's belligerent hand. That was when young Benjamin Pierce lied about his age and joined the Union Army. In the April of 1865, the boy, now fifteen years old, gripped the heavy wooden stock of his rifle and charged the Confederate lines at the Third Battle of Petersburg, the last great slaughter of the war. Thirty-four years later, he stood gazing at his reflection from the darkened windows in the Dublin townhouse. He wore his old officer's double-breasted dress frock coat, now neatly tailored to adjust to an expanded girth. Age may have thickened his waist, but that still did not detract from the width of his shoulders. The dark blue wool had a polished cotton black lining, and each of the fourteen brass buttons now gleamed. The gold shoulder knots bore his regiment's designation and the two silver bars of his rank. Pierce sipped a glass of port. 
the fire's warmth easing some of the hard-won memories into a more nostalgic account of what had really gone on during those savage days of warfare. Edward stepped into the room and hesitated at the sight of his father's closest friend in full military uniform. Ben, father says the cab will be here in a couple of minutes. He moved closer to the somber man and saw an old tin-framed photograph of a cavalry trooper. Is that you? Uh-huh. Yeah. Found it in an old box a couple of days ago. Is it from the Civil War? Edward asked, gazing at the young black man who stared back at him, dusty and disheveled, in front of what seemed to be a western fort. Now, I may look older than Methuselah to you, but I was too young for most of that war. But it wasn't long after. He poured a small glass of...